Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Today is Saturday, February 11th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 499, featuring NBA champion and NBC Sports Boston analyst Eddie House, is powered by HelloFresh and BetOnline.ag. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the promo code BEAT21, that's B-E-A-T-2-1, for 21 free meals and free shipping. Also, go to BetOnline.ag today, use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. What's up, everyone? Welcome in. As you just heard, episode 499, we are on the precipice. This is the penultimate episode before we get to 500. So we're looking forward to that, obviously. We do have big special plans for 500. But honestly, this could have been 500. If you're watching or you listen to the intro, you already know this is an incredibly special show because we are just... You know, we're, we're, we're going down the list of, of, of our favorites, especially from that title team of 2008. We have had Tony Allen on. We've had Perk on. Scal's been on. You know, the list goes on. Paul Pierce has been, you know, part of a whole bunch of stuff we've done at the network. This is a treat though, because I am not just blowing smoke. I'm not saying this. And Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti here, as we always are. Eddie House is with us, who, of course, you know, people are hearing from more and more the last couple of years as part of the the broadcast crew, sometimes on the call, other times in the studio or remote, you know, from his place in Arizona. But, Eddie, I'm not just saying this. You could ask your colleagues who I have been pestering to help me get you on this show. You are one of my favorite Celtics ever. Uh, ever I the that era obviously the new big three era that stretch that you guys were all in town especially that five six years in particular where it just felt like title or bust every single year just such a prime time for Celtics fans that they're only now starting to kind of uh, hopefully relive again so welcome in thanks for being with us uh, thank you I appreciate you having me man so I I've told, uh, well, like we'll get the, the, you know, the like fanboying crap out of the way and then we'll, we'll talk about, you know, Celtic stuff. I thought you did that already. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not, no, it's not done. It's, it's not lay done. it on thick here, no. Eddie. When I get the shot again here. Okay. No, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, who knows? Like, it, unless all of a sudden you're like a monthly guest, I got to get it out of the way. I, no, I was telling that could happen. We talk some numbers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. As I feel like that's what Perk said, and we haven't had him on in a little while. Go figure. <laughs> uh, I, I I was telling uh, I was telling Abby she was on with us what a couple weeks ago, uh, Ev. That uh, so this right here for this is this is for the people watching, but I will I will tell you about it for just the audio crew. I'm holding up a Celtics Eddie House jersey. All right, this this right here is a, this is a House jersey from from 
back in the day. So I, I had season tickets when, uh, when, when you were playing for Boston. Uh, and, and I like, I, I don't have like this closet full of Celtics jerseys. I, and I mean, I don't like, I don't wear them anyway. They're just like in the closet, but I would wear them out to games when I went to games. And I, you know, a, a Pierce one that I've had since I was a kid, I got a KG one when he came into town because you had to have it. And the only other one that I bought during that whole stretch of years that you guys were here was your jersey. I just, I don't know, affinity for like the, the spark plug off the bench, the microwave, the like, just, I don't know. Like, I, I fell in love with like, here come buckets when Eddie House comes in. And I had such trouble finding your jersey. Like, I feel like we need to, we need to talk to marketing people at the Celtics because I would go into the pro shop after every game that I would attend, just looking for the swingman Eddie House jersey. They're like, well, you could customize it. Like, that's, no, I'm not going to customize it. I want not, I want the Eddie House jersey. I got this jersey out of some dude's trunk who was selling it in in yeah. Providence. That I had to chase this jersey down. Damn, hey man, that that's that's a faithful right there. That that shows dedication. And yeah, let, let's push the agenda to get that jersey in there because you know we get a little we get a little kickback for that. If, if you get I jersey, believe it. yeah, you get a little kickback for that. So let let's uh let's politic for that. So yeah, the yeah. the Celtics were taking money out of your pockets back then. Is really they money out the pocket, right? But it, you know it was all good. <laughs> we had bigger we had bigger names, right? We had Allen, we had Ray, we had Paul, we had KG. I mean, between them three, that's what that's. And you still see them jerseys everywhere. So sure. I actually did see an E House jersey. Um, what game was that? That we just were uh, that I uh, the Laker game. I had it was an E House jersey sighting. I was like, oh look, I, I tapped Scout. <laughs> says Scout, look. I said I haven't seen one of yours yet. <laughs> Since I, I'm I'm never going to experience this, obviously. What does that feel like when you see somebody wearing your name on their back? Oh, that's cool. It's, it's cool. It's just it, because if somebody has my jersey, that means they're a true fan. They really appreciate what I've done. So I appreciate that. Uh, it does make you feel good. It's, it's definitely flattering. You know, when you were somebody like Paul or KG or Ray, you, they're all over the place. So to see. Sure. They used to have the T-shirt as well. They used to have a T-shirt with my number on it, my last name. You could, mm-hmm. you see those around the, the arena too. It did feel good to see that people were supporting me and, and definitely, you know, bought into my style of play and then appreciated the way I played. Well, I only have, I only have one nerdy one, Kaufman, for, yeah. for Eddie. And, and, like, I don't have to stand in front of me here, but I'm pretty concrete on this. Eddie, as the greatest catch-and-shooter shooter of all time, like, are you jealous with the spacing today? Because it's like, it, I feel like you would, th- like, I have this, I have a theory about Dana Barrows. That Dana mm-hmm. Barrows just was born in the wrong era and would be better today. I think you'd be better today with all the spacing out there. Well, I mean, I don't drive myself crazy with that. And I wouldn't say I'm the best catch-and-shoot uh, shooter of all. That's Steph Curry. We got to, you know, I got to salute because he definitely is probably – not probably he is definitely the best shooter and it doesn't matter if it's off the dribble catch and shoot spot up he is the best I gotta you know give credit what credit is due now am I up there as one of them yeah I'll take that but uh you know I gotta salute uh Steph Curry and give him you know his credit because uh that wouldn't be right man that would be unauthentic and that's I hear you I hear you I appreciate that thank you so we were Evan and I were talking about you the other day and in, in sort of the we're watching the trade deadline activity and we'll talk about Mike Muscala's edition obviously and and some of the movement around the east and what's gone on but sort of the I don't know like the big takeaway amidst all the movement for me because 
uh, after at least the KD trade, and obviously Kyrie went before him. There, it was mostly on deadline day role players that were moved around, and there were guys that were going all across the league. But what was crazy was this, I don't know, this new norm, this new standard that you can get a role player for five second round picks. There were almost 50 second round picks that were moved on deadline day as a former second round pick who obviously, you know, flourished and had a great NBA career. I mean, did you feel a little disrespected? People aren't valuing the second round pick as they should? No, 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 no way. It it shows that it has a lot of value. Um, You've seen a lot of guys that got picked in the second round become Hall of Famers, uh, become fantastic, great players in this league. Uh, it, it's, it's so many of them out there. You know, it'll take forever to start naming them, right? Hmm. Uh, oh, you look at Jokic right now. Jokic right now, Manu Ginobili. I mean, it's, it's Michael Red was phenomenal when he was with Milwaukee. I mean, there's a lot of guys that were picked in the second round that that, that flourished. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I just – it was kind of – it was – Funny because I, I didn't know much about Mike Muscala, right? I didn't understand what he was. So I did some digging and calling around asking. And they said he's a stretch four. So the first question I asked, I said, well, is he better than Luke Cornett? And it was funny because what the answer was, was no. And then I was like, hmm, hmm. but he could score and shoot better than him. Okay, so Luke is a better guy around the rim. He's a better stretch four or a five. That's kind of a good mix to have. You know, I, I looked at it like that's a nice mix. And I, and I know one thing about Brad Stevens is he's not he's not going to bring any anybody in there that's not a professional, that's not a true professional. You see this team from top to bottom is lined up with true professional guys that, that get heavy minutes, that play, that prepare. Then you got guys at the end of the bench that really don't get that many minutes, but they prepare like they play every single day. Peyton Pritchard, for example, probably my favorite guy on the team just on the fact that I know what it's like to be in that role. And I know how hard it is or how easy I should say it is to go the other way and be like, you know what, screw this. I don't care. You know, I'm just going to come to my work. I'm not going to, but he's a great teammate. He works hard. And when his number is called, he's out there. One thing he does, I love the fact that he pressures the ball. So a lot of people look at make or miss shots, right? Well, nobody ever in this league or anybody that played basketball has ever took a shot expected to miss it. You always take a shot thinking it's going in. Now, make or miss, we could deal with that. But effort things, you know, Peyton Pritchard does a lot of things that don't show up in the stat sheet. But if you're watching the basketball game, it has an impact on the game. It has an impact with his teammates. So that's one of the reasons why I really I was so happy that we didn't trade him because you need players like that. Uh, Those are kind of like glue guys, you know, that might not get a lot of credit, but what they do is significant in winning. And it's all about winning with with that guy and especially this team. So uh, I'm glad that we kind of stayed pat. We didn't really do anything and get rid of and break up our team. Um, I also thought that we probably would see what the buyout market would look like. Maybe mm-hmm. we get another player uh, just to add a little depth there. But I think we're just, we would just be looking for depth. I don't think we're looking for anybody to come in and, and change the whole dynamic of how we've been playing. Cause I mean, when you're the best team in the league, right. You have been all season long. If you're not broke, don't fix it. You know, there's no need to mess with that. What are the emotions of deadline day? If I'm not mistaken, you only moved in season once, and it was when the Seas sent you to the Knicks, obviously yeah. right on the trade deadline or, or on deadline day, whatever it was. But what's, you know, obviously you brought up Peyton Pritchard. He's a guy who was hoping to move, not because he doesn't like Boston. He's just looking for an opportunity, and he doesn't really have it here. I don't know what your emotions were at the time when you moved to the Knicks, but what's what's deadline day like? Well, I had no idea that I was getting traded until, like, right when we pulled up to practice and they were like, Hey man, they're going to trade you to New York. I'm like, get the 
out of here. I was like, no way. <laughs> and as we're getting off the bus, Doc usually is the first one off, but he stayed on. And as I'm walking by, he's like, hey, sit down. Hey, slow. And then he just started telling me, oh, we're trading you to the Knicks for, for Nate Robinson. So I was pissed. You know what I mean? I was, I was just, I was destroyed. I was upset because I'm thinking like, man, we got another chance. KG, hell, we got a chance where we can make something happen here. And they ended up going to the finals and losing. And uh, quite frankly, I feel like if Perk doesn't get hurt and if I was there, I feel like we still win that uh, mm-hmm. they, they championship. And I mean, that's kind of selfishly. And uh, I wouldn't say arrogant, but confident on my side that I feel like I definitely would have been able to make some shots that other guys didn't hit. Um, but as far as like the trade deadline, if you know your name is in it, I, that was the first time I dealt with it in season, uh, you know. Uh, so it was, it was a little weird, a little awkward. I remember that that day, like like was yesterday. So we had to talk. It wasn't finalized, and we were walking into practice. We were in L.A., and I basically told Doc, "Well, it's not finalized. I'm going to prepare because we were playing the Lakers." I said, "I'm going to prepare like it's not going to go through, and if it goes through, I just won't show up. But I'm going to prepare." So I went practice and all the questions like I never got media questions after practice and everybody was around me asking the questions about this about that and I was just like hey man it's a business I understand what it is but it was a surreal feeling it was almost I was kind of numb at the time because it was such a shock and uh, a surprise so I was just uh, like that time is it's not cool for anybody especially your name is in it like you know I live here in Phoenix and you have Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, right? And I seen Cam Johnson's dad yesterday at the barbershop where, where I get my haircut. So just people don't understand what it goes. When you see somebody move, it's a whole lot of moving pieces and parts. It's not just a guy going to another team. Sometimes guys got to uproot their family. Sometimes guys got to, you got to, because you have to leave right away. So now as you leave, you got all your stuff in another house. You got to get that packed up. You got to get everything situated and then say, if you're a single guy, you know, that's, that's, a lot of stuff that you, a lot of moving parts that you got to bring together while you have to, the same time you have to get acclimated to your new home. You got to get acclimated. Where are you going to live there? Uh, oh, now we're practicing. Where's my minutes coming? What are our plays? What are the play calls? How does this coach like me to play? So it's like so much stuff that goes on that people really don't understand. Like it's not as simple as just like, oh, we traded him. We got him. Cool. And the other flip side of that, how Peyton Pritchard, you know, kind of wants to go play for, you know, say he wanted to, was vocal about going somewhere else. The grass ain't always greener on the other side. So, like, it was miserable when I went from a championship team, a winning team, a winning culture, and I went to New York, and it was guys just wanted to get the season over with, you know, and we're just done with the trade deadline. We have an opportunity. I'm looking at, we're like in, like, maybe like four games out of the eighth spot. So I'm thinking, hey, guys, let's get, let's get this going. Nobody was really on that mindset. They had no mind of, trying to make the playoffs, it was get the season over with, and then they could get home. Or, you know, one, two, three, Cancun was so true there. And <laughs> so it's miserable, though. You know, it's not – it's it, go playing on winning organizations, winning tradition, with winning guys, with winning coaching staff, to go somewhere where guys really don't care and it's easy for them to let go of the rope, that was miserable. That was, like, probably one of the most, you know, the miserable, most miserable two, two weeks, two months I've had. Uh, playing basketball you know in that vein though you know Mike Muscala gets off the plane puts on a uniform comes out and what four of eight from three-point range last night 12 points How impressive <laughs> and, is that? and in general those are the only shots he took he went Sam Hauser on us it's all right yeah. how, how, like is that a, it's ultra impressive yeah yeah shoot or shoot man I mean 
the rim is the same. The gyms are the same. The ball is the same. All you got to do is get a look. And that was what I seen yesterday is that this guy can stretch the floor. He can knock down the shots now. Can he be consistent with it? That's the one thing we're looking for. And I think his numbers are somewhere around, what, 39 or 38% the last couple yeah. of years? Mm-hmm. That's, ser- that's very serviceable. Like, that's good. I mean, you know, you could you could rely on that. So if if he could be consistent with that, I think that gives us another uh, another way to attack teams, another way to space to where it's going to be hard to double guys like Jason and Jalen when they got the ball or when Brogdon's coming off the screens, he'll be able to find the same thing with Derek White. He had a phenomenal game last night, by the way. So, yeah, um, yeah I just think that it, it, it's, it's looking good. I can't wait for Marcus to get back. I mean, no rush, but I can't wait for him to get back and then all of it come whole again. And, you know, fingers crossed, Rob stays healthy and stuff like that. I think we'll be I think we'll be right there, man. We'll be we should be playing in June. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, look, even just last night as a microcosm, you know, they, they go out and, and kind of have their way with the Hornets. And I know Charlotte's not any good, but... You don't have Jalen, and we'll see what this facial injury, how how long or, or how this impacts him. And, and there was no Al, no Marcus, like you said. It, it's just sort of a, a patchwork, the hospital Celtics, like people have been joking about for years. And, uh, again, go out, figure it out, 40 wins before the All-Star break. We're not even at the break yet, and and they're just cruising right now. You look around, some of the movement around the East, and uh, so the East in particular, because obviously in the West there was there was more with Kyrie going to Dallas and and Durant obviously going to Phoenix right by you. But you look at the East, and I would say incremental improvement for the Celtics with Muscala, for uh, the Sixers with McDaniel's, for the Bucks with Crowder. But like no, you know the hurdle going to the Raptors. The, but there was no like dramatic improvement anywhere, right? Like did did your vision or or, or how you see the Eastern Conference really change much? I did like Milwaukee's move. Like that was a good move. That was, Crowder would have been a nice addition as well because you had another three and D guy, somebody who could stretch the floor, and knock down the three, but then also a defender that could guard multiple positions. So I think the Bucks did get better on that on that uh, side of things. Um, everybody else didn't move the needle. Now the trade that moved the needle for me, and it wasn't even the Kevin Durant or the Kyrie. It was all the things that the Lakers did. I feel mm-hmm. like the uh, all of the voids that they were missing. They 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 plugged those holes up. Uh, they needed a point guard that could shoot, that could manipulate the pick and roll. They got one. Another ball handler that could take LeBron off the ball. He doesn't have to dominate. They got one. Malik Beasley, guys, a knockdown shooter. He could shoot the ball. He could score. Um, who's the other guy that they got? Uh, Vanderbilt. <clears throat> Vanderbilt. Uh, Van- yeah. They, didn't they get another bit? Didn't they get a big? What's the other guy? Uh, oh, Mo Bamba. Yeah. Mo Bamba. Yeah. So they- they add size, you know, that even though they had Thomas Bryant playing well, but then they add size that's youthful size, you know, they add youthful size. So I like what the Lakers did. Now I don't think that puts them over the top to win it. I think when you look at what Phoenix did, mortgage their future for right now. Right. And it has to be now or, and I mean, it has to be now. Cause then next year, you don't know. I think Chris Paul's unguaranteed contract. He'll be 39, maybe going on 40. I don't know when his birthday is, but when you look at it, like how much does he have left in the tank? 
And they four first round picks is a lot. So is Cam Johnson, youth, young, just coming off in there. But felt like he was just starting to come into himself right now, shooting the ball, playing defense, nice swing defender. And then Mikael Bridges, I thought he was just a phenomenal. I thought last year he had opportunity to win defensive player of the year. He guards one through four, uh, sometimes switches off on five, depending on who those fives are. He could really guard. And he's been starting to score the basketball. So I thought the, to lose two youngsters like that and give up four first round, you basically mortgage your future mm. for right if it doesn't happen now and if it doesn't happen next year, that's probably one of the, the biggest mistakes. And I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't I, I don't call for people's jobs, but it'll be hard pressed for me to see that with the new ownership that they will keep anybody that was from the old regime there. It's interesting. You know, you look you look at the Nets and and obviously they went from being a, a legitimate title threat or at least threat to represent the Eastern Conference this year to you know, now what they are, which is, you know, a, a kind of rebuilding team. Maybe they'll be dangerous in a couple of years. We'll see how they spend their money and all that. But uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give Sean Marks credit. Like they, they did well in, in those two trades to, for, in, in terms of assets, future picks, like you mentioned, young players bringing guys that honestly are, are good, energetic, enthusiastic guys for two dudes that couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. Right. But then on top of that thing about they had James Harden there. So yeah. now. Have, you have a young team. You got rid of all of the older guys. You have young guys that all have something to prove. Ben Simmons, I know he signed that contract, but he has so much to prove. Mikael Bridges, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I know the, I know how, how he is. Cam Johnson, the same way. Spencer Dinwiddie, the same way. Um, uh, Finney Smith, the same mm-hmm. way. Guys all have something to prove. Jacques Vaughn has something to prove. So I think they already have a pretty nice record right now. It will have to be a a collapse, like a total collapse from here on for me to see them not even get into the playoffs or to play yeah. in. I believe they're going to get there. And with that young, enthusiastic team, I'm not sure how much noise they'll make. But the fact that they got there and they did it in a different way. So one way, Sean Marks went said, you know what, I'm all in with the players. We're going to try to do this. We'll let them try to piece this together. I'll work with them. This time he said, no, we're going to blow that up. We're going to get rid of all the players who were causing a lot of noise. Now we're going to bring guys on a hoop. So you you see two different sides because if he didn't make that move, his job was on the line. So if they make the playoffs with all the confusion and all the noise, the moves that he made, he just bought himself some more time to be working with the Brooklyn Nets. Are the Suns the most dangerous team in the NBA now or is it still the Celtics for you? I was no the most dangerous team will be when they're healthy is the Golden State Warriors. I just yep. it's the one thing about I think people are, are are kind of writing them off. And if you look at the West, how log jammed it is, is you know from the twelfth spot to the sixth spot or the fourth spot, something like that. It's three or four games separated, five games separating them. And um, I just I'm just scared of the Warriors. Like real talk, because I feel like they're the one team that if you do turn the ball, and I think they got better. Bring it back, GP, uh, Gary Payton the second. Um, mm-hmm. If you turn the ball over, they make you pay, and they don't make you pay by two; they make you pay by three. The way Steph plays, it's just like he gets whatever he wants. There's no way you can guard him, you know, and you don't want him to get off, and then somebody else get off. Clay starting around in the form. Um, is if, if Steph is healthy, and I mean Andrew Wiggins has been balling. I mean, that team is, is scary. That's a scary team to go against. So, like, coming out of the West, do I think the Suns could beat the Warriors in a seven-game series? Yeah, anything could happen. But I just don't think this – I think the Suns also lack depth. So, they lost a little bit of depth. 
to have that nucleus of what they have to go all in for it. I still feel like the Warriors have a lot of players over there. They they could play. They have a perfect system how they play. And it'll be tough. They're going to be tough to beat. I don't care who's playing them, who it is. The Warriors are going to be a tough out, period. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And I and I'm and I'm really you know, the rest of the way, you know, that the storylines are going to be, you know, who makes the jumps in the West and all that stuff. But in the Eastern Conference is a little bit more simple. And one of the things I wanted to ask you when we, you know, Adam and I were talking about, you know, we'll we'll have Eddie on and we'll talk about a few things. One of the things in terms of storylines that's really, you know, uh, got a lot of attention, a lot of buzz, you know, for the Celtics is the minutes that Jason Tatum plays. Now, mm-hmm. everybody has an opinion on this. Uh, everybody thinks he's playing too many minutes. I think it's pretty easy to see that, you know, this is the guy that's played more basketball than anybody else over the last three years. Yeah, he's probably playing too many minutes. But here's the deal. I've never played professional basketball before. Kaufman, I'm pretty sure you've never played basketball before professionally. Wouldn't have gone well, no. Um, as someone who's played basketball, like I look at Tatum, like Tatum's in incredible shape. I've never questioned whether Tatum's in shape or not. He always shows up in incredible shape. Um, the guy clearly loves playing basketball. There's no question there. He loves being on the floor. He hates missing games. Are we making too big of a deal of his minutes? Because if anybody knows his body best, it's Jason Tatum, or are we all on the right track here? Um, I, I think it's two things could be true at the same time. I think people understand that if you are playing so many minutes, maybe it does affect him. Remember, he's 24 years old. And I, I look at it like this. He's played a lot of minutes, but his usage, I don't think that we don't, he's not like how a James Harden or uh Luca is where they're using him, the usage rate. He always has the ball. So he's going through picks. He's always bumping. And then he's defending, go having to chase over screens or chasing and pin downs. He's not in those modes. You know what I mean? If you watch how he plays it, they pick and choose his spots when he, when mm-hmm. he does that. But for the most part, he's getting it in different ways where he's not taking a lot of contact. He's just getting to the basket is not exerting a lot of energy to get his shot off, just coming off and letting it go. So when I look at his usage rate, it is not as high as a guy that you would think that played that many minutes. So two things are true. It's a lot of minutes are getting logged. And, you know, one thing we do know is true is once, you know, if you start getting tired, your legs go, your shot goes. That's the first thing that goes. I haven't seen any any of that, you know, and um, again, he's 24 years old, so young, you know, he's, he's, just, he's just getting started. So, and it's a lot of these games that he plays these heavy minutes, we need him to play every single one of those minutes for us to get some of these wins sometimes. So it's the trade-off. The trade-off is like, okay, right now you play for seed and you want to have home court. We've seen how important home court was last year. If we don't, if we don't take care of business, and then we have to go play a game seven somewhere else because we rested Jason Tatum and he's fully healthy and that game seven doesn't go how we want, but he had a monster game. He didn't show any sign of fatigue. You look back and you kick yourself in the ass and be like, man, we should have just continued to do what we do and not overthink it and over monitor. He'll talk to him. He'll let him know like, Hey man, I might need a break. I need a day or two, you know, or uh, to, I can't practice today. Let me just get treatment. I mean, when you're a superstar, you have that leeway, you have that, communication with your coach you have that communication with the training staff you have that communication with uh the the owners and and everybody that's involved in the organization so um yeah two things would be true at the same time and when we all see it is happening he's playing a lot of minutes but the usage rate is not as high and i don't as as long as he wants to be out there 
and he communicates with the team, I think I think it's fine. Quick break to tell you guys today's show was brought to you by HelloFresh. When it's time for the game, the home gate, you know, tailgate, but in your house, home gate like a pro with a limited time winning assortment of snacks, appetizers, and shareable sweets available at HelloFresh Market. Treat friends and fans to delicious barbecue baby back ribs, chocolate chip brownies, and everything in between. We all want to save money this time of year. I've gone to the, I mean, yesterday I went to the grocery store. It was astronomical. I got four things. It was $21. I got like bread, pasta, olive oil, and cheese. It's $21. It's outrageous. And with that in mind, HelloFresh helps you save money all year round. It's cheaper than grocery store shopping, 25% cheaper than takeout. If you do DoorDash, holy moly, expensive. Save some money, eat well, and get HelloFresh today. I love HelloFresh for a bunch of different reasons. One, I don't have to think, okay? Sometimes on a long day, I don't want to think about all the things that go into this meal. I just want to have it already done for me, proportioned out, right? Instructions, right? Like I don't want to be thinking too much. Oh, I got to add this. I don't want to do that. Some days are very long. HelloFresh makes my day or my night, I should say, much easier. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. All right? Don't go to the grocery store. It's a pain. There's so many people. It's um, And especially if you self-checkout. There's way too many people at self-checkout. So have it delivered to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it is America's number one meal kit. Save some money today. Sign up for HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com. Slash beat 65. That is B E A T, the number six, the number five for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash beat 65, promo code B E A T 65, 65% off plus free shipping. Okay, America's number one meal kit. That is HelloFresh. Hey, we got you a few more minutes. I want to ask you a couple more things. Uh, one of which is, uh, of course, just a few days ago at this point, LeBron James became the league's all-time leading scorer. You had the opportunity to play against him in some, uh, you know, uh, whether it was regular season games, some very meaningful playoff series. Uh, you know, you had a, uh, not just a front row seat. I mean, you were there. You're out there. You're on the floor with him. What was it like to compete against this guy? Well, I, I played with him my last year in Miami. We went to yeah. We lost uh, to uh, Dallas, but um, it's it's a trip because you, you don't look at LeBron as a scorer, but he got all the points, right? And that just, to me, that shows his durability, right? Uh, he was a guy that never got hurt for what, it was probably, what, 15, 16 straight years that he, some some ridiculous where he never got hurt. Now he started getting older and, you know, tweaked some things here and there and, and sit out. But to be a pass-first guy that's known as a pass-first guy, to have that record and then have, I think he's top four in assist, right? In top 10 in rebounds. It shows to us how, how long he's played, but how, how long he's played at a high level. Because a lot of guys, not a lot, but guys made it to 20 years, you know, 18, 19 years. Mm-hmm. But 15, 16, 17, 18, there was a, they fall off the cliff. This guy is still right here with it, you know, playing at an all time high level. Um, especially for his age, I still think he got three, two, three more years at this level before he starts tinkering off. Um, 
just the way he takes care of his body. But you, you just, you know, you, you marvel at the guy because of the fact of he stayed healthy. He was a great teammate. He's a pass first guy. He and then damn the basketball side of it. Family man, you know, there for his kids. Been with his high school sweetheart forever. I mean, it's a storybook. It's storybooks, uh, fairy tale mm-hmm. shit. Uh, been with his uh, wife for forever. Um, his mama's been by his side. You know, he's taking care of her. All of his friends that he grew up with, he put them in position to succeed. They didn't just suck it, suck him dry, leech, leech off of him. He put them in positions to be successful. Now you see what they have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's built a school. He sent a yep. lot of college. So you look at all of that. That to me is... That's what symbolizes greatness. Thanks. That's what symbolizes his greatness. Not only how great he was on the basketball court, but even off the court, he was even a greater person, a greater human, and unselfish. He was unselfish on the basketball court, unselfish off the court, and it just all come together. Good come to good, you know. And God bless those who have a good heart. Is he? uh, You know, is is he the goat? I mean, even like Paul tweeted out after. after Le- I'm not sure Paul could have counted backwards from 10 when he sent that tweet, but he tweeted out that, that LeBron was the GOAT at this point. You agree with that? No. No, no I mean, I, I think that LeBron is probably the, the best player who played for the longest and probably one of the most overall, the best overall player that we've probably seen with, with the combination of speed, size, strength, athleticism, ability to pass. Uh, ability to score, ability to rebound, right? But when we talk about the GOAT, like if I, you're asking me, everybody in their prime, who am I picking? I'm picking Michael Jordan first. And then if somebody, if I had the second pick and I had to, and they pick Jordan, I had to pick LeBron, I'm cool with that. Or if I pick Kareem, I'd be cool with that. You know, there's, mm. you know, I think, and when you talk about the GOAT, it's errors. Different errors have their different GOATs. But then when you're saying like all time, I would have to go with the killer Michael Jordan, man. I just, you know, when I just have to go with him. I mean, I've seen what he done. I've seen, witnessed it, and, you know, nobody ate when Mike was eating. <laughs> nobody ate. You know, he had took two years off, and he let somebody get a little something off, off the plate. But when he came back, he took everything. Nobody ate. Back to two, three feet. And that's that's where my debate goes with LeBron. Is LeBron went to ten straight? So did uh, Jerry West, right? Jerry West only won one. LeBron won three more than him. I, we get all that, but other people ate. Kawhi has two. Giannis has one. Dirk has one. Steph has four. KD has two. A lot of people got some while he was up there. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, Jordan never let that happen. That's fair. No, might have been eight in a row if he had, uh, you know. Not not had that baseball hiatus. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it's the, the GOAT conversation is subjective, I think, you know, pending who you are at this point. But, mm-hmm. you know, to, just to... And, just and to, how old you are. Yeah, that's true. Just to make true. this, you know, more Celtics-focused here, just for a minute before we get Eddie out of here. You know, you look at this team uh, coming up, some tough games. You have uh, Memphis and you have, uh, you have, I think, next week, Tuesday... The Bucks game is going to be huge. There's one more game after. I think they're in Detroit for the last game, Adam. I, don't quote me on that, but they have the Pistons coming up and they have the All Star. Uh, yeah, home against Memphis tomorrow Sunday, and then uh, at Milwaukee Tuesday, Wednesday versus Detroit, and uh, and then it's the All Star break. 
So the Seas have a couple of, you know, quote unquote issues. They're the best team in the league in terms of record. So the issues are, are, you know, we might be overblown this a little bit, but you look at health, you look at depth, you look at home court advantage, look at first year head coach out of all the things that could possibly torpedo the Celtics playing deep into the playoffs, which is the most concerning for you, Eddie? It'll probably just be health. Um, because that, that, that's concerning for any team. Like, if you're not full healthy, it's hard for you to get it done. So that's the one thing, making sure that everybody's healthy. I see they do a great job with Al on back-to-backs. They've been watching and monitoring uh, Rob on back-to-backs. Um, you know, we got to get Marcus back. And it, it's really it, – it hinges on health. Um, we're a very deep team. The depth does not bother me. I think that's a great thing to have. The first-year coach, Joe Mazzula, I think he's been going through his ups and downs, learning when to call timeouts, knowing when not to. Uh, finding the right rotation, finding the right combination of guys to play together, starting lineups. I think he's been tinkering with all those things right there, but it's all a learning smear. This team is built. All it is, Joe just doesn't need to get in the way. That's it. Like, this team knows how to play. They're full of professionals. He does have to manage some things, but at the same time, a lot of times the game unfolds and it's, it's telling its own story. And if you're into the game, you understand that story that's being told. And if the story starts going a little sideways, that's when you call your timeout. You know, if you and you got to get guys back, you don't like how the offense been running. Hey, let's dial something up. I would like to see Joe put, and I've been saying this for a long time, to put Tatum in that mid post area. Uh, I think it would be a lot easier for him to get baskets. He'll have a lot of one on one matchups. If they do decide to double, it'll be clear cut. You'll be able to put the other team in long rotations. We got so many guys that can knock down shots. We got so many guys that can put the ball on the deck and make plays for themselves and make plays for others. That uh, to me, that's something that you, they probably could get two, two to three looks like that a quarter for him. You know, and that's twelve touches in the post, twelve opportunities to go one on one, or twelve opportunities where he's forcing them to double without having to fight the double team off a of pick and roll. You know, when they double you on a pick and roll, you're fighting that. You're dribbling back. You're exerting a lot of energy. He has the height. He can see over the defense. He can just take a couple steps, move that ball. They'll be in rotation, and they'll be in a long rotation at that. And like I said, we got guys that can make plays all over the place. So I would like to see Joe do that, hopefully in the second half or even in the playoffs. Because you might not want to tip your hand, but at the end of the day, basketball is basketball. We all seen all everything that happened. Nobody has. Brand new plays. Everything is the same. Just called something different. So, yeah, that's the one thing I would just like to see Joe do a little bit more. Get him in that in that in that area. Also, let Jalen work at that high post area sometimes too, just to get just to get easier shots. We don't have to rely on the three all the time. That's the one thing that does kind of virus. Sometimes we live and we die by the three. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Eddie, last one for you. Arizona is the sports epicenter right now. Uh, you are on Celtics beat, Kevin Durant. Traded to uh, obviously the Phoenix Suns. You got the waste management open going on right close to you, and of course, Super Bowl happening tomorrow as we sit here right now between the Chiefs and the Eagles. What's your pick? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I'm a Raider fan. I just sounds blasphemous to go with the Chiefs, but <laughs> I, Amina Smith, she's pregnant. 
Uh, her husband plays for the Chiefs, Deion Bush. I mean, I would be wrong to be pulling for not her to be have her husband be successful. So yeah. I'm looking for the Chiefs to do it. What a year would they have? Uh, the, in the year, the, the Jordan year, they would be able to win a Super Bowl, have a baby. And hell, what if the and, and the Celtics win it all? What kind of what kind of uh, year would that have been? Yeah, they could each get a ring, right? Dion get a yeah. ring, maybe Amina gets a ring as being part of the broadcast affiliate. That could be a hell of a year. Everything. Love that. <laughs> love, love the sound of that. All right, Eddie House, thank you for hopping on with us, man. I know uh, it's been a long time coming, so appreciate you making the time. Hopefully, we can get you on with us again. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem, man. Guys, thanks for having me. You guys, take care. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Number 500 is on the way next week. It's going to be a blast. Thank you to our uh, good friends, our partners, our sponsors, Bet Online, as well as HelloFresh. And uh, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that a treat? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I mean, uh, I, we've been trying to have Eddie House on for a while. I, I yeah. love having him on. You know, it's it's interesting to always talk with a former player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, 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 you know, we could we banter on here all the time, coughing, and, and, you know, look, we are educated basketball fans. I'm not trying to talk us down or anything, but having a guy who played. Yeah, no, that's a different that level of education. Ago, yeah, right. I agree with that. I agree. totally, not that I didn't sound like an asshat, I, I totally forgot that at the end of his career he played with LeBron. I mean, talk about having a front row seat. Yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 losing a tough one—that's a tough yeah. one. In the 2011 finals, when Dirk just freaking—that's the one thing I don't think we give Dirk enough credit for the 2011 finals. Man, he was on. I mean, he did it with like him and Jason Terry and a little bit of Sean Marion, but like it was a lot of Dirk, man. And 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 just again, the games they lost, he was bad, but the games that he that they won, he was lights out. Lights out, man. Lights out. We're uh, we're gonna get out of here, but I, I was gonna mention this to to Eddie, but we just I don't know. We were kind of flowing in a different direction, so I I didn't want to circle back. And maybe it's a Celtics post up thing that that they're able to do over at NBC Sports Boston, or who knows? Maybe like we can have them on the show. I, there there is a very uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of a personality to Mike Muscala that is going to, you know, kind of like it took a little while for people to get to know Luke Cornett and and how he just embodies all things weird Celtics Twitter. And, you know, he's like, he's just a funny dude. Like Muscala, I feel like there's, there's something there from, if anyone missed it, it's, it's been floating around since the trade uh, before that too, but on, on the Celtics radar uh, since the trade, the, when he was with the Hawks, the, the, the rap video Muscala out there, it's, it's on Twitter um you know looking at him post game he's rocking the hoop earring which like if you got your ear pierced no judgment had like my ear was pierced many years ago you just don't see hoop earrings in 2023 that just it's so i i feel like this dude is uh you know i'm 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 interested in getting to know this guy i feel like there's there's something there yeah and if he's going to continue to shoot 50 percent from three the rest of the way that's going to be great too trust me i'm i was a huge fan I, and nobody really talked about nationally like all the national pods and stuff yeah and i'm Still listening to low, so I can't, won't not exact low yet, but, uh, like it's either like Simmons is like, eh, it's a whatever trade or like Verno and, and KOC didn't even talk about it. Like this is actually kind of a big deal. Like Boston can throw some serious shooting around Jason Tatum. Mm. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like you're going to be split, you know, you're going to have Hauser, Muscala, uh, you know, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, White, if he's hot, Brogdon is a great three-point shooter. Like this is going to be, I mean, if you want to have shooters around Tatum, like that, yeah. Luca would kill for this team. Like to have all these shooters. Instead, he's got Kyrie. But like this yeah, is so that a little, team little, does, little does Luca know what's coming? Holy crap! That's good be now, though. Good now. 
Yeah, it's a honeymoon period. I mean, let's just hope for his sake that Kyrie goes somewhere else next year. If he sticks around, if he signs a new deal with Dallas, like that's the beginning of the end for the Luka Doncic era, or at least good times, good vibes yeah, out there in Dallas. All right, uh, that was awesome with Eddie. Really a ton of fun, and uh, I, I won't give anything away, but we have tentative plans for episode number 500 of Celtics yeah. next week that we are very much looking forward to. Historic, you might say. So uh, stay tuned for teases for that. Uh, we, we won't leave you to just the surprise of tuning into the show. There will be teases once we know we are officially locked and loaded for it. And uh, it, it will be uh, a, a great time. So uh, for, obviously, Eddie House, for Evan, I'm Adam. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we'll see you later.